0: We've been going through uh, Philippians, y'all. And so we're going to be, I-, I thought we were going to be in Philippians 3, but something caught me in Philippians 2 that I couldn't leave this week. And so I want to look at two verses today and I want to step into Philippians 2 and the verses are 12 and 13. And uh, as you maybe turn there, type there, whatever it is, I just want us to pause for a moment because I don't know if your life is like mine, but I've told you before, I have four children and I literally came in here, and my fart, my 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 fart. <laughs> <laughs> I ate that too, you yeah, know, Who does? My stomach, my uh, my 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 heart. It felt. <laughs> there we go. My heart felt nervous. You ever like you just get so busy in your home that my heart was nervous. Like I felt the nervous thing in my heart, and I showed up to here today, and I'm like, I can do it but I'm going to be my kid, you know? How am I going to stand up here and like have a composure? We're going to talk about like this, like we're going to sing like gyro in like every circumstance, like I'm fine, like I don't feel fine, you know? And so we want to talk about that today and maybe what that looks like doing work to get to that place. We got to do the right work to actually be able to sing that song with a true heart. And so I want to talk about doing the right work. That's an important word today. To be able to sing that song in every circumstance. In every circumstance, I'm good. (laughs) Anybody sing that and be like, "Uh, uh, anybody? But I want to talk about the work we do to where we can sing that with great joy. Right where you are, would you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Every single person in this room may need a different word. I believe he will meet you right where you are. Tell him what you are experiencing, the truth you may feel. Tell him and invite him to tell you the truth that you were made for. Father, we come before you as a church and we're going to open up your word. And Lord, we pray that you would mold our hearts to it, that you would open our eyes to see what we were made to see. God, you would move our Feet from this place to step into the life and the things that we were made to step into. Lord, we we just want to experience more of you. Just show us what step to take. Open our hearts to hear from you and enlighten them to experience you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, tell me some. Uh, tell me some of your passions. Like, what do you what do you really enjoy doing, or what are you really good at? Don't be don't be weird about it. Like, just have fun, okay? Everybody's like, can I really talk about what I'm good at? Like, don't do that, okay? Tell me what you're good at. What are you good at, Jay? Out. Work, stand up, stand up. Just, just give us a <laughs> move, yes. Big J, everybody, big J. Little J, big J. Okay, who else? You're just good at it, man, right? Yeah, I get it. Wish I was good at it. Anybody? What? Cooking. Who's good at the opposite? Eating. Who's not good at cooking? You're good at eating, probably. Come on now, everybody else. Let's go. Love me some good food. Who else? What are we good at? You're not good at it, but golf. What? Golf. You're not good at it, but you want to be. What would you say? Event planning. Uh, Anybody, if you need an event planner. Catherine, amazing. Come on now. Yep. What? You're a toy maker. Yep. Yep, we got Santa Claus back here. Come on now. Let's go. (laughs) Love you, man. What else? You're good at football, man. I know that. Huh? What are we good at? Painting? Knitting. Knitting. That's a new one. That's awesome. Amazing. I wish I was good at knitting. Woodcrafting. Anybody need custom cabinets? Mitch can do it. I know it. What else? Fly fishing. Come on now. you. Let's go. Right? Talk to TC. He's our local pro. Let's go. Listen, it, literally, if you want to catch some fish, go with TC. He literally knows the river. And we went and I caught, what Would he catch, like 30 fish? I don't even know. Never seen so many. Just got to know where to go. Cheater right there. Let's go. Anybody else? What? What'd what you say? Napping. Napping. I like that. I wish I was good at that too. I'm not. I haven't slept in seven years. Anybody? <laughs> huh? Spores spending money, let's go, come on now, same, cake decorating, come on, okay, anybody need a cake, we got it, y'all, listen, like, this is a talented crew, very eclectic as well, anybody got something even different, anybody, Google Maps, I'm not lying, Bo is the best, like, planner of a trip ever, right, like, you can just map it all out, You've seen it with your very eyes, every step of the way. It's amazing. What? Somebody said something else over here. Creating, true. Hey guys, social media. Anybody from Midtown? Anybody like amazing, right? Michael Anna does and team, but Michael Anna puts that together. So we love you, girl. You're amazing. So creative. And I've seen you just grow in creativity too. Since I'm, I mean, like, ooh, let's go. What else? Oh, we just congratulated you guys, thanking you for setting up every week. So you missed it. We love you guys so much. Yeah, y'all are amazing. Your name got mentioned twice. You're very special. Oh, Tad, you are good at dancing. You want to show us a move? <laughs> do, yeah, do you? Okay, he said, no, he thought about it. though. you really? Do you want to? Another day. Okay, okay. Apparently, Tad, Tad could dance. Oh, wrong shoes. Okay, next week, okay? <laughs> I love having a good time, man. It's so fun. Hey, let, but let's talk about this. Um, what made you grade those things? Practice. Practice. Huh? Patience. Patience. You stuck with it. Passion. Passion. finally stepping into that gift thing and enjoying it, embracing it. Messing, it up. Messing up. And it's not stopping, right? <laughs> it's good. Man, if I, if I hear any word too, I mean, you've, you've had to stick in it, but like there's a word that we're gonna talk about today, but it's, it's work. It's work. Like we've had to work at it. We've had to stay in it. And if you had quit, you wouldn't be great at what you're doing. Anybody? Anybody stopped at uh, maybe a high school sport? You try, go back out there when you're 30 and you try, think you're still it and you're not. Come on, you stop working. Body's falling apart because you couldn't stick with it, right? Work. Now, I look at the scripture and in the scripture, man, it talks about work a lot. And Paul says like, I fight the good fight of faith. Like I stick in it. I run the race with endurance to get to the end of the prize. I dis- discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, 1 Timothy four 4.7. Like, think about that. Put in work for this thing. But I think it's like super easy to translate the Christian life the way that we just thought about how we have to go to work to do and to become great at what we've been doing. I really thought, anybody watched the documentary, The Last Dance? Anybody? That was a case study, y'all. Like I was a Jordan like fanatic as a kid. Everybody had his poster in the room. Anybody? Come on. I had it on the wall. He was the man. But it was a case study in the fact that all they talked about was kind of what Kobe used to say, that mamba mentality. Anybody? And it's kind of like, it's kind of become like cultural, like a move. And all these guys standing on the stages, let me tell you guys how you're screwing up your life. And if you want to get better, then we're going to go to work because nobody works, you know? Come on, anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like self-help, come on, culture. But like you watch these documentaries and their case studies because we elevate these guys who have mamba mentality, who've become the best, the greatest of all time. And we go, I will become great because I will put in the work the way nobody goes to work. Anybody put in the work only to find that it wasn't what you thought it was? Anybody? I can't imagine, listen, I can't imagine being, and I'll say this lightly, like Michael Jordan at age 70 who gave his life to a game, a game of basketball And you're sitting there with bags under your eyes. You're talking about the good old days and how great you're the greatest of all time. And I look, I think like looking into the face of eternity, which we all meet, you're like, what is going through that guy's real mind, the real heart of that man? What's going through his mind? Is he really questioning? Like, is he really that deceit? No, I don't think so. I think he's really questioning like, man, did it, like it's over. Like, I don't do those things. I don't get applause. Like, what did it matter? Did it matter? And I think you end up gambling and drinking your way into a stupor after that because you don't know what mattered. I want to talk about what Paul invites us into and what he invites a church into who is beginning to feel the weight of life. They're beginning to feel a government who's coming against them, beginning to persecute them, And in this church, they've gotten to know each other and they're beginning to fight a little bit. And they're feeling the weight of what somebody else has done and said. And Paul is helping them to step back into the right work, the right weight, if you will. And I want to read two verses Philippians 2 12 through 13. And again, we've walked through up to this point, all the way to this point. All right, ready? Therefore, underline the word therefore, because when the word therefore, ask why it's therefore. It's very important. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is what we do every single Sunday. We work out salvation like we are, we're bringing it into a brighter reality, a deeper understanding, a greater experience. And we're stirring one another up to even understand what this salvation has been and bring us into a greater enlightenment of what it is. And Paul's saying, hey guys, as much as we've been together, it's even more important that you and your life put in the work individually as a collective. This isn't just you pointing people out, it's saying all of us, plural word, you all, do work yourselves before you come into the room, be ready. And if you're ready, it's going to help the room. Some people aren't even there yet, don't aware. All the more important that in your own time, and your own work, you put in the work. Let's talk about the work. Four, oh, oh, no, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Four, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What in the world? Put in the work, but God does the work. Anybody confused? Now listen, like this is split churches because somebody, some people wanna talk about the so- total sovereignty of God. God decides everything. God makes all the moves. It's all on him. And then some people say, it's, it, it's, it's all on you. You got total free will. And I want to unapologetically say that the Bible teaches both. Both are there. Both are present. And I can't tell you, I don't know. God does the work, but we step into work and obey. But he's working in you to do it. Anybody tracking? Let's keep going. (laughs) Jonathan Edwards he talked about the work that he put in in his own life. And he had like 72 different things that he put in his life and said, I'm gonna do this work. And I'm gonna read a couple to you because I think they're wild. He said, one, he said, I've resolved to live with all my might while I live. I've resolved to live with all my might while I live. And the second thing he said was, I resolved to never do what I wouldn't do in the last hour of my life. Man. In other words, if it was the last hour and you knew in one hour you are gone, what would you do? He said, I'll never do anything that I wouldn't do in that last hour. Probably wouldn't have as many regrets. Anybody with me? Wouldn't have half as many regrets. And Jonathan Edwards did some amazing things, saw amazing revivals, and God used him incredibly. So it's like he chose to obey God's work and let the weightiness of God become so weighty that it overpowered him, that moved him to do something very, very special and unique. This word is not saying put in work to get salvation. When I read this in my past, I think most of the time I read that and it says, with fear and trembling, you better figure out if you're saved. Anybody? I mean, really? I mean, hey, if you're not, you should tremble because maybe, maybe not, maybe not. And it's really not the tone that Paul is saying. And I wanna encourage you at the same token, it is like a a good evaluation to say like, is the salvation of God weighty? What Paul is inviting them into is not work for salvation, but do the work of realizing salvation. What the heck does salvation mean? And is it, is it getting you, is it moving you to the place where you're trembling, like where you physically feel the weight of it? And every one of us walked in this room, I guarantee you feeling the weight of something. You're either gonna feel the weight of God's work or yours, but you're gonna feel one of them. You're going to feel the weight of God's work, or you'll feel the weight of yours. And on the other side, I'm driving down the road the other day, and I think I might have told you all this a while back, but I remember like this guy, he tried to run me off the road. Anybody? Anybody that ever happen? He got like road rage. I was in a stick shift car, and I missed the gear, right? And I did that weird thing, and I'm like, Dah, gosh. And I, like, punch it and floor it. And this guy gets so mad at me. And he tries to run me off the road. And literally, something went off in my brain. Anybody just like, I can't see anymore. And I was like, I'm going to kill you. You try to kill me, I'm going to kill you, you know? And I'm, like, going crazy. And I'm punching my steering wheel, because this guy is like a crazy person. And he rolls down his window, and he makes fun of me. And I was like, I'm really gonna kill you, you know? And I started thinking about it. A lot of us feel the weight of, of what we have done, the work in our life that we're putting our hands to. Like, we feel the weight, like, if your mind and your work is on your work or your money, probably you feel the weight of the stock market. Like, the markets rule your moves and your emotion. But sometimes, Other people can influence me when I'm really focused in on what they have done to me. And that's what was happening in this church. They had been overcome by somebody else's attitude. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, you need to be overcome, not trembling because of what somebody else has done to you, but what God in Christ Jesus has done for you. Get to the place where you're trembling. Guys, as I read this, I was like, have I put in work? Have I put in work to realize the gravity of our king to where I felt it in my body? Like, it was overpowering. And if it overpowers you, if you've ever done it, then every other thing that's weighty in your life will begin to release, and it doesn't feel as weighty. But when I come in this room and I'm overcome because of the goodness of God, I can sing no matter what, no matter the circumstance, because, man, you've become so weighty in my life, nothing else is that weighty. It's not that weighty. And that rise, like that lift, is oftentimes the revelation for people in our lives that are weighed down and heavy by the burdens of this world. They want to know about the freedom that we're experiencing as we dance in the presence of Jesus because man, I've been overcome by the King. And I don't care what you think because I don't care about the weight that you want to put on me because I don't, I don't carry your opinion. I carry the opinion of my King, you know? And he did work and I'm overcome by it. So I'm light and I'm free and I want to dance. But some of us have stopped dancing because we've been heavied down by people's opinions. We've been heavied down by work and job and circumstances and life. We've gotten tired. And he says, if you will put in the work, if you will go to work in realizing the magnitude of what Jesus has done for us, y'all, you will get back to the life of freedom you were made for and step into purpose. Don't go to sleep with our culture, man. It sounds so good. Become the best you can. And if you work hard, you can do it. And some of us are going to work our lives away and get to the end and go, what the heck did I work for? You can stop right now and begin to do the work that Paul is telling this church. Go to work. In your life, go to work. And if you'll go to work then you'll go to work different and work will be transformed. It won't be a weight, it'll be an opportunity. Come on. But what is this salvation, y'all? What is it? The heck are we talking about? Why should I be pumped about salvation? I going to be very clear. A person who's drowning needs a savior. Anybody ever almost drowned before? Yeah, terrifying. If somebody jumps in, like, I need somebody to save me. If I'm truly drowning, like, I can't do anything about it. Like, I need somebody to step into my life and save. Somebody who's mortally ill. Anybody almost died before? Like, you've been wounded. Packs, you've been wounded. Bro, if you didn't have a friend to take you down to the dock, stitch you up, you need a miracle, you need a doctor, you need medicine, you need stitches, or you're not here today, man. You need somebody to save you in the middle of your problem and pain. And the Bible tells us that the condition of every single, listen, every single human heart outside of Jesus is one that is perishing because of sin. It says we're on our way to death, man. Nothing you can do can save yourself. How could you impress God? I'm guilty before a perfect God. Unless we get saved, unless somebody jumps in and meets us in the middle of our brokenness and does something about it, I can't fix the brokenness. But here's the reality. Unless we see our desperate condition, we're never gonna call out to God to save us from our sins. Jesus describes his mission as one who seeks and saves those who are lost. And until you understand that you are lost apart from God's grace and his move, How do you know that you need saving? And Jesus, this is what he did. He stepped into our world and paid the ultimate price to meet us in our brokenness and to heal every one of our wounds, to give you a new song in your heart, to lift the burden of work from your shoulders. And he says, you haven't accomplished it, but I'll come down and accomplish it. I'll finish the work. I'll do it for you. And then I'll offer you my life. And he gives up his life for you and I. And anyone who is burdened and weighed down by your sin, you no longer have to let your past life go and come to the one who paid the price for all of your sin and shame and judgment and problems and brokenness. He paid for it. He died for you. And he loves you so much that he gave up his life for you. This is the message we all celebrate. This is why we step in and sing. Now, guys. After that's been received, do the work to understand everything that means for you. That requires work. It requires time. It requires patience. It requires continuing in it. It requires the workout. I'm not gonna stop, I'm gonna go in it. But it's very different. It's a light and airy kind of work, it is not a burden. And Jesus says, Come to me, are you tired of working? I wanna lift every burden of work from your shoulders. I wanna meet you right where you are. And let's do work together all day. Yoke your life with mine and it will never feel like work ever again. Enjoy my presence because I'm with you. And that's what Paul's trying to get this church, realign your life with the truth. Don't get, let people's opinions and their doings outweigh the gravity of our God who did work for you. Come on y'all, let's go to work. Therefore, why was the word therefore, therefore? Because of the verses that we looked at before that. He's saying, go to work in realizing the king. And the only way we do that is we go to the verses right above it that says this. Philippians 2, 5-11, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus God has highly exalted him because of his work and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. This is what he says. Let this become so weighty that it moves us to the place of fear. Literal, phobia is the Greek word, phobia, phobia like it moves me to the place of awe and wonder, yet terror at the same time. Who is this God that would do this thing, that would meet me? Anybody know yourself? Who is this God that has loved me so, that has given his life? I pray that this truth becomes more weighty than anything else you're experiencing in your life. And if it can become more weighty than anything you're experiencing in your life, all the other things that seem weighty will be but feathers in the wind, y'all. It'll be blown away like nothing. Come to him, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give you rest. Come to him today. Jesus is waiting. Jesus is calling. And I believe he sent you here to hear a message. Go to work, but do the right work. I want to end today a little bit different. I want to invite Jake to come. And Jake has experienced what we've talked about this past week, and so I want him actually to lead us to uh, response today. So if you could, Jake, thanks, man. Can't wait to hear from you.
1: Um, The last probably like two and a half weeks, I found myself in like a very miserable, distraught place of... Uh, Doubt. Like I had a conversation with somebody and it started doubt. It planted a seed in my mind and I began to doubt everything that I've seen God do in my life. And um, it sent me into this hole of like depression and uh, anxiousness and like wondering. Like I I never really doubted that God is God and that he could move this mountain to here to here. But I started to doubt if it was for me and all the the life I thought he had for me, I started to doubt it. And I started to doubt, like, I, I moved here, like, eight months ago, uh, moved back home. And I, I doubted everything, like, after all I've seen him do. And um, and in that, I started to find myself, like, in temptation of sin that I've been delivered from, and in, like, a really strong way. And I haven't really had a, a desire to sin. Like, it's it's... It's been pretty amazing when you're disgusted by the, by the world and by sin, and it's pretty easy to stay away from it. But I, I began to get like tempted and it was like, I could sense that my flesh was wanting to like take over and medicate in this season of doubt and like anxiety. And, um, and so in that I found myself really struggling and um, TC texts me, because they, they had prayed over me last Sunday um, and he texted me and he said, like getting a, a physical by the doctor to get a checkup, sometimes we need God to do a spiritual physical on us. And he sent me a scripture from Psalm 139. It was, search me, God, and know my heart and see that if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And like it just struck a chord in me like so hard. And so I, I went to a coffee shop with my computer and I started having the anxiety of like, there's stuff I need to do today, I need to do it. And like, I was like, no, this is my job today. I have to do this. And so um, I went to k man, and I sat there for like three hours and wrote like nine pages of, like I felt like I couldn't pray and I couldn't explain to anybody how I felt. It was just one of those seasons where you're like, you don't understand what is going on, but you don't feel God, you're not close to him. You can't step in the spirit. And I like I didn't know what was going on, and so i I began to wonder where he was at, and had he maybe not left me, but I don't know, maybe like I was disappointed in God almost and um and so I wrote and wrote, and I began to write down what I just told y'all, and then I thought about like. Three of, like, the most miserable, three or four of the most, like, miserable places in my life, like, a year and a half ago. And uh, some of them almost to the point of, like, wanting to leave the earth. Like, I was so dead and uh, miserable, miserable. And um, as I wrote it out, I started to see where God had, like, restored these areas that were, like, completely dead to me. Um, and one was like my, my sense of, I I was so insecure and like self-conscious that I couldn't go meet people and I couldn't become friends with people and build healthy new relationships. And another one was, uh, like I wanted to see restoration in my family. And another one was, uh, like the way that I viewed like, uh, relationships and women and what I'd struggle with in, in my own sin and. And as I wrote it out, I began to see that God had like restored all this stuff. And it brought me to a place of like, it just like smacked me. And I was like, he's been here the whole time and he never left. He's never left. And he's been faithful. He's answered like every prayer. And now I find myself in this place where I'm looking at the the wind and the waves around me and I can't see God. And it like really, really woke me up it was like cpr for my soul like i i'm still in awe of it but like the fourth part of it at the end that i thought about that really got me was i was like he saved me and i thought about like where i was at and i remember always hearing like jay was talking about that there's a god that will save you and he forgives you and then in my mind at the time i was like okay like From what? And, And then I came to this place of understanding that all this misery and depression and brokenness, most of it was caused by me or a broken world that's infested with sin. But I did this and he stepped in and like saved my life and restored me and began to give me joy. And I wrote out like two full pages of names of people that he's brought to me. Like I couldn't stop thinking of people that he's given me in my life. And then like scripture that I had read that I saw fulfilled the last year and a half and it like completely revived my life. Like, so um, I wanted to invite, well, well, one other point. The first thing that I noticed was that it was, commu- it was community of people that brought me out of the season to encourage me. And my step of faith was to go spend time around people that I didn't even feel worthy to be around really. And uh, I went to to my life group last Wednesday, and uh, one of the things that I was struggling with was, like, where is the actual, like, victory? Because I felt good for a little while, but now I'm in the same hole, and I'm struggling again and again. And I was at life group, and uh, Carly over there spoke up about how she was struggling with depression, and then she got out of it. And then she fell back into it. She was like, God, why would I experience it again if you healed me from it? And it was like, because you're flesh and you're a person and you have sin in your heart, but there's a savior that restores you like every single time. And I got really uh, down and out about like, why does it take me coming to the end of myself, like fully exhausted for God to then step in and I was having a conversation with a, with a friend yesterday, and she was like, thank God he does step in. Because before, you just medicated it with sin, and it felt good for a little bit, and then you felt worse and worse and worse and worse. But now Jesus steps in, and he goes at your pace, and he restores you every time. And it just left me in this place of like, what a miracle. I, I can't believe it. To fear and trembling. Like, I was just in awe, you know. And uh, so... I wanted to invite you all to do kind of the same thing um, and like pull out your, your phone or if you have a notepad and like what has God done for you? Like what have you seen him do? And if you don't, if you can't think of anything right off the top of your head, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and remind you like what has God done for me in my life? And where have I seen him? And it it'll bring you back to that place of like, oh my gosh, you're always there. You never left. So I think we'll take a few minutes and uh, let you guys kind of like reflect and respond to that and write it down because you'll need it later. And uh, ask him to show you where where he's been at if you don't see him. But if you know off the top of your head, write it down anyway. And um, it'll bring you back to that place of like, you know, when he first saved you like it's amazing you know so yeah anyway i am just like i'm amazed and blessed to even be able to share that god is so gracious and so kind man so let's do some work let's go to work now jake
0: thanks man Father, I pray that your word becomes so weighty that it outweighs everything else in our hearts and our minds. Father, I thank you right now for your presence that falls upon this room, oh God. I pray that you would move our lives to the realization of you. In Jesus' name.